0: And tumblers,
2: that on right now. welcome to tunes and tumblers by outwit magazine listening to music is more than just an auditory experience tunes and tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony. And if you were to ask me what I did this week, it'd be the same answer I gave last week, the week before that, and the week before that, and the week before that, going all the way back to what seems like the beginning of time. I don't remember what it feels like to be outside. I've forgotten what daylight looks like. It's just me, my blackout shades, and my massive collection of stuffed animals. But instead of wallowing, I need to keep fighting the good fight by bringing you the sweet tunes and delicious cocktail pairings you all crave. Please enjoy responsibly. But of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I'm joined by my usual partners in crime, and they are...
0: Ryan, your music connoisseur.
2: And Pedro, your mixologist. And today we're joined by a very special guest. He's a Mississippi-born musician and multi-instrumentalist who's helped shepherd classic American songwriting into the age of bedroom pop. He's lent his upbeat brand of psychedelia to five LPs, and he's here to talk his latest, Late Checkout, the first recorded in a recording studio he built himself. Hopefully he'll be able to give us tips on how to check out of this interminable pandemic. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please join me in welcoming Dent May to the pod. Thank you so much for joining us today. How does it feel to receive the TNT treatment? Uh, So far so good. I'm honored
3: to be here. Uh, Thanks so much for asking me to do this.
2: Of course. We are absolutely delighted to have you on the pod. But before we get into it, let's break that ice. Dent, what have you been listening to lately? I've been listening to a lot
3: of film music because I went through a sort of a phase where I thought I would try to get into uh, composing and doing more instrumental stuff. I'm into a lot of stuff like this. There's this guy named Alessandro Alessandroni, who is uh, maybe uh, best known for being the whistler on the Ennio Morricone soundtracks and a lot of kind of Spaghetti Western stuff and grew up with Ennio Morricone, but just has a ton, and I mean a ton of cool instrumental like 70s italian soundtrack some people would put it in the category of like library music which is kind of like stuff they made for um you know tv you know a lot of the songs will be like walking down a staircase or like chase (laughs) scene or whatever um but yeah um i've been uh into that kind of stuff and also like tangerine dream kind of soundtracks a lot of synth soundtracks Mm -hmm. of like you know, B-movies and stuff. And and uh, let's see what else. I um, also wanted to say this guy Hilden, a Brazilian uh, producer and songwriter and arranger um, from the 70s, that um, a musician named Jerry Paper turned me on to this album called uh, Narua Na rua Na Chuva Na Fazenda. I'm sure, I messed that up, but I looked it up <laughs> and it, me- it means on the street, in the rain, on the farm. Apparently, mm. but it's just like a really like I think if you if someone likes my music they should check this out because it's like really adv- cool arrangements and just a really fun listen, uh, great album. And then as far as new stuff, there's a band called Midnight Sister with a brand new album which I love. Heard about them i knew about them but there's a new movie uh called some kind of heaven a documentary about a uh oh, about yeah. yeah it's about like the largest retirement community in america called the villages in florida the guy who shot my music video sea salt and caramel shot this documentary in florida and it's amazing oh. uh, it's truly amazing um and the the music was done by ari from midnight sister so i was like okay i gotta check this band out finally and the album's amazing it's another kind of vent sounds kind of like vintage Sort of like 70s soundtrack influenced arrangements sometimes, really creative arrangements, great songs. The singer whose name I forget is like a mime and does a lot of very performance oriented stuff live. And you can kind of hear it on the record, like very dramatic uh, vocals. I don't know. I could go on about a lot of music, but that was just some stuff that came to mind that I've been listening to this week. Thanks.
2: Awesome. There's so much to get into there. (laughs) It's so interesting that you brought up some kind of heaven because uh, someone in my class watched that uh, yesterday and was talking about how the villages are kind of this like Truman show-esque reality. They have like their own TV station and their own newspaper circulated in the community. So like no one has to deal with stuff from the outside world. It's a trip.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Highly recommend the movie. It definitely will show the, the cracks and the seams of that reality
2: happening, you know, for sure. So Pedro, why don't you go next? What have you been listening
4: to? Um, uh, by the way, I love Tangerine Dreams work on legends. That soundtrack oh, oh, cool. is like one of my favorites. <laughs> I've been listening to Maluma's new LP a lot lately. Um it's called hashtag seven DJ Siete Diaz in Jamaica. It's really fun. Um I mean he's always got a very uh like, you know, very dancey sound and this time he's sort of incorporating some more reggae sounds into it and he works with um he works with Ziggy Marley and Charlie Black. It's not like a super long LP, it's very but it's really enjoyable and every song sort of just flows into the next, so it's sort of a non-stop. Took me forever to figure out where one ends and one's be- one begins. I've talked about him plenty of times on the show. I love his music. So yeah, he's he's got a new one and I highly recommend it.
2: We'll get him on the pod eventually. I swear, Pedro. <laughs> That's
4: the goal. If not him, we'll if not him, we'll get his horse or something. <laughs> Presenting Maluma's horse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Ryan, let us know what you've had on repeat. Well, first off, I want I want to get on that Jerry Paper recommendation list, because that sounds like you find some good stuff. <laughs> well, I've been reflecting on some of the music of Sophie, rest in peace, who left us this mm-hmm. weekend, getting in some of the hyper pop that they put out. But um, kind of on a brighter note, I suppose, I've been listening to the new Teenage Fan Club single. It's called I'm More Inclined. It just came out a few days ago, and I didn't know that they were still making music, but they are. And it actually flowed really well with, um, you know, in listening to some of your music Dents. So that's been a good one. And I'd recommend that it just came out on Merge.
2: Cool. Very cool. All right. I'm going to try to keep mine short. There's only a couple things that I'd like to talk about. The first is I've been listening to Tap In by Saweetie. She is a rapper in the same vein as like Megan The Stallion and I find it so odd that everyone is talking about Megan and no one is talking about Saweetie. Her tracks hit just as hard. They're perfect for a uh, a workout playlist, and she's got like that bad bitch attitude that uh, a lot of these rappers have that are coming up right now. Second one is a song by a, a fairly unknown indie pop duo. It's uh, Delicate by Crash Adams. And they only have a a handful of singles out, but every single one of them is good. I've gotten into this thing where on the Tunes and Tumblr's Twitter, I am just like tagging them in everything and (laughs) berating them into like acknowledging that we want them on the show. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But anyway, Delicate by Crash Adams. Very sweet song. If you need an example of non-toxic masculinity, go there. Anyway, Crash, awesome. if you're listening, please, please join us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that it's time that we got to the bulk of our show, which means going into the bar. Usually we have a bouncer by the name of Gerald Highwater. The The pandemic has done awful things to him. <laughs> we, we made the mistake of leaving him in the bar and boarding it up, and he's kind of taken on... Like this, uh, I am the king of the rats kind of vibe. <laughs> so instead of instead of asking him to look at your ID, uh, we'll we'll handle that ourselves. Have you brought anything with you that you can show us?
3: Who me? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I definitely did, and I'm actually pretty <laughs> excited about this. I I was struggling to find something, and at uh, literally probably about 30 seconds before I got on, I remembered this. And since it's a cocktail and a bar themed show, this is. Um, a framed copy of the whiskey speech, which is a famous speech given by <laughs> my ancestor Noah Sagi Sweat, Holy uh, shit. <laughs> who was um, who was a uh, a federal judge in Mississippi. And uh, this was delivered. I'm trying to get the date. 1957 was kind of one of the main, maybe the first one, which I th- want to say John F. Kennedy was present. I could be wrong, but um, but uh, it's about. I don't really know the the detail about the. Uh, what do you call it? Um, prohibition. But I guess still in the 50s, it was controversial or drinking liquor was still very controversial. And still to this day, there's counties in Mississippi that are dry and don't allow alcohol. But this is, uh, I don't know if it's like, it's kind of short. I don't know if I should read it or not, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's its a, its a famous speech that's really cool about um, whiskey. I have a framed copy of it and uh, it's pretty cool.
2: Uh, I tell you what, like, send us a picture of that and we will upload it to our social media for everyone to enjoy. I'm sure that our followers would love it. That's perfect.
4: We are now also a history podcast. You exactly. heard it here first. Exactly. God, that's incredible. That's amazing. That is really amazing.
2: We're getting some like really good stuff right now. People uh, people have amazing histories. That is incredible, Dent. Thank you for sharing that with us.
3: Yeah, thanks my I guess my mom like framed a bunch of copies of it or somebody in my family as Christmas gifts for everyone like a long time ago. And this is, you know, soggy passed away like when I was a kid. So this is this is some old school sweat family, my mother's side of family, sweat family memorabilia.
2: That's that's dope. <laughs> so dope. All right, so we're in here where uh, we're in the Tunes and Tumblers bar. It's time to to dust off that jukebox and put something on. Ryan, can you give us that intro?
0: Yes, we are going to be touching the tunes jukebox. Uh, so Dent May did indeed get the invite for this episode, and we're going to be <laughs> listening to his fifth full length album, Late Checkouts. Released in August 2020 on Car Park Records.
2: I listened to this one on a loop yesterday. Like, it was just such a vibe. Uh, front to back, and I think that we need a cocktail. Oh my gosh, Ryan, do you have like the same cocktail that Pedro made right
4: now? Am oh, I yeah. the only one left out? I made two, <laughs> and Jen, the to- recipe, the recipe is already in the chat. <laughs> awesome!
0: <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm so it.
2: jealous. I'm looking right now at, at the Zoom meeting, and Pedro and Ryan are both drinking this amazing-looking cocktail for late checkout. Can you please describe to me what I'm looking at, Pedro?
4: All right. So Dent and I discussed, you know, the album a little bit. Um, he gave me some some ideas. Um, you were telling, you are saying you, you like uh, tequila negronis a lot. You're also talking about maybe incorporating some champagne, which I thought was perfect. You know, given this sort of elegant '70s '80s hotel vibe, something you can drink by the pool, something that sort of really helps you settle into a more a more vacation mode, a more vacation mindset, I guess. Um so I took those ideas that you were that you were talking about and this is sort of where this drink would sort of be where a tequila negroni and a mimosa meet, sort of in oh, the middle. Yeah. Oh so yeah. So it's it's pretty great. So what we have is uh tequila blanco with some campari and then it's a fresh blend of orange lime and passion fruit juice um really just really really bright flavors and then i threw in a pinch of sea salt in there as a tip of the hat to the track (laughs) of sea salt and caramel um and so that just sort of gives it gives it a little bit more uh complexity it's really good and then yeah just shake that with ice and i filled it with champagne on top and it is so delicious even if you're just drinking at home, it's guaranteed to take you miles from here. So be sure to drink responsibly because it is boozy. Have lots of water handy or eat something. It is so good. And I'm calling it a dense bungalow heaven. Awesome. Oh, my God. I can't wait. It is delicious.
3: You got to try it. This is so up my alley. If I saw this at like a cocktail bar, I would 100% be
4: the, be the thing I ordered. Yeah, it's it, it definitely like... It's got the feel of of you sitting in a hotel bar, and you just, I don't know what their specialty drinks are here, and you just, it look I mean, it just sounds delicious on a menu. Wonderful. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. I'm so jealous. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> It also makes me wish like I could go to brunch really bad.
2: We have not been to brunch in almost a year now. And in fact, Instagram did what it does usually like on this day in whatever. Here's what your story was. (laughs) And on this day last year, we were all together recording our Billie Eilish episode. And I just got so nostalgic all together drinking with Drew. It was amazing. (laughs) Hey, Who brunch
3: is a state of mind. Brunch is a state of mind.
4: You know, it's kind of true, honestly. It's always brunch. It's always brunch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, okay. I think it's time we talked about less depressing things. Um, I don't know about you guys. Uh, but I want to start by talking about the way that you recorded Late Checkout, Dent. So I was reading that you know you created your own DIY studio honeymoon suite, and you worked with a lot of talent making this. I mean, there are strings in there, there are horns, you got background vocals. How did you approach late checkout differently from your previous work in bringing it all together?
3: You mentioned in the intro, it's kind of it's a little stretch to say I built it because two I have two studio partners I shared the space with, um, Pat Jones, who does a lot of cool work with Toro Y He mixed their all their stuff and does their front of house live and he's mixed like some washed out and um channel trace some cool stuff uh at the studio so far and then michael rosen uh is in a band called cones which i can't recommend highly enough they're just uh i think they really up y'all's alley so check them out and and um they did most of the uh hard labor in the building and pat did most of the studio design um i'm kind of more the aesthetic uh direction i named it honeymoon suite for example and um i don't know i, I guess We have our own roles in the studio business or whatever. But yeah, I'd say as far as like late checkout goes, yeah, the studio was really important and making something that was like hi-fi and also like from a songwriting perspective, writing the songs first and um, kind of going into a studio setting with a plan uh, rather than just like building a track in Logic Pro at my house and writing a, a vocals over it after i have sort of a beat i mean my songwriting process has always been a little of both definitely i've written a ton of songs at the piano without doing any production and stuff like that but it's pretty frequent that and it's still a good way to write songs is to kind of build a track and 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 like freestyle over it i still do that too but it was important to me to have like kind of fully formed song ideas kind of before i started writing, uh, recording or at least really, really close to that. And so I would, like, keep a big Google Doc of all the lyrics and every day, like, read the lyrics and, like, change one word. So I I just kind of put a lot more thought into it. And then, yeah, from a production standpoint, um, having access to, like, nicer microphones and, like, real compressors and, honestly, an acoustically tuned space, like, that's kind of been a huge revelation for me is just what um, acoustic treatment can do for recording. I think it's more important than microphones and really anything else. I think it's the first thing. First advice I give to someone is when they're recording at home or something is like treat your room. Uh, mm-hmm. so if, if you were watching the video of this Zoom, you would see my acoustic panels in my home, <laughs> my tiny home studio, which I did do like I did some vocals for the record and stuff at home in you know just this tiny room. Um, so, but yeah, um, I guess that was a, the studio stuff. is is kind of a big big change of direction for me. I was always was Kind of prided myself in being a home recordist and i used the same like rode nt1a like hundred dollar microphone from guitar center for like all my albums until now um which is which worked fine and great like but i don't know i'm, I'm interested in more I'm, I'm more i'm a gearhead now never <laughs> thought it would happen i think i saw
2: in your story earlier today you had a little bit of microphone porn on there
3: well yeah this mic i'm using a, a, <laughs> a, a, a the microphone i'm using right now is a 1970 neumann u87 which was oh, like sure. kind of my oh, big big splurge wow. it's not like you know i hope it's okay we're still recording in logic that's good news um <laughs> yeah, uh this was kind of my big splurge to contribute to the studio just cuz it's a great mic, but like it's also when you're like starting a commercial studio you you got to have that Neumann name in the in the gear list apparently. Uh and no, I love this mic. It you know, happen to like love re- recording with it. We have some other really great condenser mics and stuff at the studio. Pat's built some clones of like a U47 and a AKG C12, but not to start like just getting <laughs> gear gear heading on y'all right now, but um <laughs>
2: Oh no, I'm I'm a sound recordist in my mm-hmm. my other life. I do okay. uh, production sound recording for movies and TV. So I'm always on the lookout for for new better gear, and it's
0: why I'm broke. I I saw that you had recorded with uh, Claudia Bonet. I um, I didn't
3: work with her, but she uh, oh. worked
0: in our studio a lot. Yeah, gotcha. a lot of
3: the people that rent our studio out like just kind of bring their own engineer or uh, do it themselves. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't work with her, but she worked at our studio. Amazing artist, yeah, a, a, a really inspiring artist. Um, yeah, we've had some cool people. Um, someone named Ravina, uh, Ravina Aurora is her name. She's working at the studio a lot. Again, not with me. Uh, brings her own engineers, and um, but like incredible music and yeah Pat worked with Channel Trace um who recorded I think like the vocals for his new EP at the studio for the most part and and other stuff like some music stuff and Pat mixed it so we've been pretty busy um but not like crazy busy I'd like it to be a little more busy so if you're hearing this and you're in Los Angeles come pay us a visit and we also did some like live streaming stuff we like at the beginning of quarantine we um kind of we put together some like uh live streams with like 8 10 12 sometimes people doing 15 minute sets that we would like host from the studio, but they would kind of call in on on Skype or something. And yeah, we we've been experimenting with doing some stuff like beyond just being a recording
2: studio like that. That's pretty dope. That's the future. Uh, yeah. Yep. You've got uh, you're on every platform. You got your hands and everything. You gotta. That's how <laughs> that's how you uh, you hunt down people nowadays. Yeah. I mean,
3: I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. This uh, <laughs> th- this
2: whatever you call it. And I think that that actually kind of plays into the question I want to ask. Next, I read that you kind of made a conscious decision to slow down in the process of creating this album. Um, can you describe a little bit about uh, what that experience was like?
3: Yeah, I mean, I kind of I guess I touched a little bit on it about like the songwriting process and like putting a lot of thought into everything. I don't know it's it's kind of like trying to strike this balance between putting a lot of thought into something and then not not letting the fruit rot on the vine, so to speak. like you you know, if you sit on, an idea for too long and you don't move on it, it it dwindles and and it never gets much traction. So it's important to me, like when I have a songwriting idea, I'm like striking while the iron's hot and like sorry I'm just like loading up on cliches here, but um just uh, <laughs> like if, if I'm feeling really passionate about an idea, it's important that I like sit at the piano or the guitar for like a few hours and like hammer out the 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 idea. Um and yeah, as far as slowing down is concerned, I don't know. I mean, I think that also just musically like. I wanted to make something a little more mellow, a little more stripped back. I've always had like some disco funky tracks and some, you know, melancholy ballads on my albums. I always kind of like try to strike a balance of that. But when I went into the album, I really thought it was going to be like all ballads. I was like going to do like an, and I still like kind of want to do just a all ballad, you know, kind of a uh, uh, Harry Nilsson, uh, a little, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, a little bit of Smilshin in the Night, something like that, where you yeah. did all these covers with an orchestra. Like, that kind of vibe but um i always end up like for example the song sea salt and caramel that was the last song i recorded and i was kind of like you know what this album's too mellow i need that like <laughs> i need an upbeat pop song um to balance it out so i'm always kind of balancing out those two instincts of mine to like do a disco funk track versus do like a stripped down ballad i don't know if that actually answers the question about slowing down but that's kind of where my head's at
2: mhm yeah uh i think it does um and I think it's really hard to take that time now that, uh, I mean, and we experience this with the show, like the turnaround is really quick and just like getting people's attention is hard. I was working on a podcast yesterday where they were doing like a, a video aspect too, which is I know something a lot of people do. Um, Drew mentioned that maybe we should do it, but uh <laughs> Uh, one thing that he was doing, he had like a spark machine that he would just like set off randomly during the show and he kept saying like, that's how we're going to break through all of the noise. People scrolling through are going <laughs> to see the fire going and they're going to stop. And <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, I mean, with with that mentality, uh, when you're trying to advertise whatever it is that you're doing artistically, I think it can be really difficult to take that space.
3: Yeah. I just try to, as far as like selling what I do to other people or getting listeners and stuff is something I literally don't think about, especially when I'm making music. And like, good. I don't know. It's. <laughs> I think it's poison. I think it's really poison. I think that the least creative mm-hmm. times in my life was when I was worrying about what some sort of audience would think about what I'm doing or or like when I'm second guessing where I'm the direction I'm headed like that's kind of the most poisonous creative thing that you can ever do um that said there is something said for like I don't know a lot of the younger artists I work with like work really fast and I, I kind mm-hmm. of look at it as sort of impatience and sort of this like like our, our attention spans are kind of fried and stuff but there sometimes it's really powerful and 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 I'm like really inspired by the like just the energy that people have to just like let's write a song in 30 minutes. Um, sometimes it works out well, sometimes it doesn't, but uh, there's also something to be said for just like the, just in the heat of the moment, doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I'm recording, like I, I have that mentality. It's, I don't want to like record a acoustic guitar track and then redo it. Like if I'm in the studio and, I, it, and I'm not, and I want to like get the sound right that time and, and like make decisions creatively and not just like, oh, I have access to like this space at all times so, I can just redo any of it like i don't I don't wanna redo anything. you yeah. know what i mean
2: that's amazing i I really like that mentality uh I kinda wanna talk a little bit about late checkout in particular here, you know, Pedro, in your uh pairing there, you made like reference to like being at the hotel bar, and I feel like you got a lot of motifs here dent of you know travel and and being in unfamiliar places. Um, how does that all play into uh, um, your ideas when recording this album?
3: Even before I was like a, a touring musician, I was I loved hotel bars. Like it's something about it. I love it, and like and certain kind of historic hotels. Like I'm sort of a nerd for for those kind of spaces. And um, of course, on tour, there's some hotels. I'm not often staying in a like beautiful historic hotel with like a great hotel bar when i'm on tour a lot of times it would be a super eight on the side of the highway yeah. <laughs> but yeah when i can i like to kind of go to those kind of places and i don't i can't really explain why i love them so much i think that you have a lot of people that are like in transit and and i don't know i like i like just i like people i like places where people gather and something about a hotel bar is just cool cool to me um and yeah late checkout is sort of a hotel theme. For the album i don't know i love hotels i do like my one of my big side hustles is uh djing and i do a lot of like weddings and corporate events um on the kind of hustle the money hustle and uh so yeah when i'm like doing some regional gigs like i'll do a lot of palm springs and santa barbara and stuff and you know sometimes i get put up sometimes they just like oh we have a block of hotel rooms we'll put you up in this like amazing hotel or sometimes um. yeah, I'm able to like stay in a really cool hotel. And that's great. That's um, I don't know. I don't know what it says about the album or about me as an artist, but I'm into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's one of your favorite hotel bars that you can think of? Do you have one? It's probably a hard question.
3: Um, That's a really good question. Um, One of my favorite ones in Los Angeles is called Casa Del Mar in um, Santa Monica. The hotel bar overlooks the ocean and the sun. It's so and it's just all. It's a historic hotel, but it's all like huge windows um, overlooking the ocean. So like famous sunsets at the Casa Del Mar hotel bar. You know, get your table early and. It wasn't that crowded when we were there, but we, we stayed there for two nights for my girlfriend's birthday um, right before COVID hit. So that's a special memory. And also um, down south, the Peabody Hotel in Memphis is pretty great. It's a little packed with tourists, but um, I went there with uh, pretty recently with my girlfriend as well. And it's really cool and unique. There's this thing called, I guess they call it the March of the Ducks or something like that. So there's this um, family of ducks or something that lives at the hotel in a penthouse a suite. It lives in. A, they live in a penthouse suite in the top floor of the hotel. There's like this. I don't know what they call him, like the master of the ducks or something. This like guy who's like dressed to the nines in some very traditional outfit, like kind of like a a, a whatever you call it, a, a a the traditional bag. What do they call when you carry the bags? You know what I mean. That kind of thing. And then there's like twice a day, the ducks come and march down from their penthouse through the elevator and into the lobby, down a red carpet into the fountain in the middle of the lobby and swim around and you can and then everyone literally like tourists gather that's one kind of annoying thing about hanging out there is that there's going to be like tons of tourists coming to check this out twice a day but i mean can you blame them it's incredible (laughs) um and yeah that's in memphis tennessee i love that that hotel we had a great time staying there and that's a place that i would visit as a kid a lot and whether it was like i don't i didn't stay there much as a kid because i grew up like so close by two and a half hours away in jackson but a lot of events. I feel like I went to like some sort of college dance or something in you know one of their banquet rooms, <laughs> things like that. Um, those are two good ones. But I also like those are like really nice hotels. I like when there's like a CD a CD motel with a bar attached to it. That's that's really my sweet spot. Um, there's a lot of like uh, for some reason um, Best Western Plus frequently has a bar attached to it, and I don't know if it's still <laughs> the case, but this was like a thing when I was on tour. I was like, look for a Best Western Plus. A lot of times they have indoor pools. And a lot of times they have like weird dive bars attached to them, not even like Best Western Plus bar. It's like there's this other bar attached to it that's like <laughs> a sports bar or, or something. Um, in fact, in Vancouver, I was in Vancouver. I wish I could remember this, but there's a Best Western Plus that has like an incredible historic bar, this beautiful. And there was like DJs. My friends were DJing there. It's like has a kind of a, <laughs> a, a, a cool clientele. So it's um, like the
0: Ace Hotel of. The, yeah, but less chain.
3: less like trying to be hip and actually just like more like weird and old and
0: and just like authentic and stuff. Nice. Um, so yeah, my God, there's so many places. God, I want to go. I want to see the March of the Ducks. Uh, yeah, I, mean,
4: I was gonna say I'm quitting the podcast to go be the master of the ducks. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I'm so sorry.
3: They they do. I saw something where it's like you can be the master of the ducks for one day. I don't know if it's like you pay to do it or it was a contest. I think it was a contest. <laughs> Where like and pay to I don't play. know, um, and yeah, you can of course you can like tour the penthouse that the ducks live in. Yeah, I mean, I recommend. I don't know if you guys spent much time in the South, but I recommend like a New Orleans to Memphis kind of a mm. kind of a thing. It's a great like way to do a little. I love New Orleans. New Orleans is my other like kind of second home where i have a lot of family and I grew up kind of halfway between Memphis and New Orleans. This you, is, you know li- the New Orleans literally bar, on right?
0: my
4: bucket list now. Do it. <laughs> the-
0: What's that bar dent? You might know it in New Orleans. That's the carousel, like it's oh, moving yeah. very slowly. Oh, that's slowly. another
3: good one. Yeah, that's a that's a classic hotel bar. Uh, a lot of history there. A lot of famous writers, like I feel like you know Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, William Faulkner. All these people would hang out there back in the day, and it's a, of course very touristy. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the name of the hotel, but yeah, that's a cool one because the bar, the main bar, is like a carousel. And it spins very slowly. So, and and honestly, like I, it's not that bad. But you know, if you've been drinking a lot, it's a little queasy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it spins very slowly. But and it's like kind of a thing. But yeah, they it's that's a classic New Orleans situation. That's I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually thinking, what's what's what are the New Orleans hotel bars? And that's that's kind of the big one. There's a there's a lot, you know. Um, but that that's kind of the big one there. So yeah, it hit hit the carousel bar, drive through Mississippi, and then in your trip at the Peabody in Memphis. Oh yeah.
0: This is a book I would buy, traveling <laughs> yeah, hotel traveling with them. Maybe Dan. that
3: should be another side hustle is doing some travelogues. That'd be
0: pretty cool. I
2: turn it into a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would work.
0: I could hate to co- like, yeah. you know, encourage this like monetize your hobbies thing which I feel like is so, you know. <laughs> right. But I feel I mean, just yeah. put it this way, I would I would buy one. I would yeah, listen. Yeah, maybe
3: maybe I could do a whole hotel bar kind of kind of kind of thing.
0: I uh, I was thinking because you're in your description, I think so. I can't remember who described it this way, but like an aspiring hotel lounge singer was something I saw that was kind of funny.
3: Yeah, that's kind Uh, of been in my like actually my like Twitter bio. I don't know if it still (laughs) says this, but it said something like hotel bar lounge singer. That's always kind of been. I don't know. I've always pictured myself like as as this character that's like maybe like on a cruise ship too, like cruise, (laughs) but like kind of like on a cruise ship or. In like the seedy side of Las Vegas, or mm. or in a hotel bar, like crooning songs. Maybe this is my future. Like whenever I'm in a place like this, and there's someone singing covers in the corner, I actually love that. Like unironically, like, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be mad if that's gonna be me one day. Um, <laughs> I guess it kind of already is me. I'm, the difference is I just sing songs <laughs> I wrote. <laughs> so how
0: really, about how about this? Sorry, Anthony. I just I need to get this idea out because. <laughs> So, so Dent, you released. I know we're talking about the the your full length, but I saw you release this song under the uh, Al Dente moniker. Oh yeah, yeah. Did They're you really listen lovely. to it?
3: That's that's uh,
0: that was a yeah, special. Yeah, beautiful.
3: Yeah, basically, my girlfriend and I made that. Her name is Allison, so our our um, tabloid couple nickname is Al Dente. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> oh, that's the best one. Yeah, it's pretty
3: good. And yeah, so she's new to songwriting. We've been just kind of messing around. And like she wrote all the lyrics and I put it to music and then we kind of finished it together and put it out on her birthday. Put it on my SoundCloud and I'm honestly like really proud of it. I was like, should I put this on my next album? It like kind of turned out (laughs) awesome. And and we had some musicians, friends that we emailed it to this guy, Andres Frinteria, who um, plays on my album a good bit and has toured with um, a lot of good artists. And then this band called Pearl and the Oysters. That's another huge wreck for me. Um, they're incredible. They're some of our best friends here in LA. They're from Paris, but they moved here like three weeks before the pandemic hit. So God bless them. But, um, but, uh, they're like an incredible band that I have, uh, yeah, done a little bit of work with, like actually one of the songs on their yet to be released album. We started at the studio honeymoon suite while we were building it. Um, was one of the first, like probably the first thing I really recorded there. That wasn't my own stuff. I'm here's what I'm
0: thinking. (laughs) Okay. This is my new thing now. I'm pitching our guests on ideas that I just have after <laughs> I'm, drinking I love a little it. bit. So, you go to an, a Marina del Rey rest, Italian restaurant mm. featuring Al Dente, the new Marty and Elaine. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. The and iconic you, Marty
3: and Elaine for the listeners that don't know at the Dresden in Los Feliz, Los Angeles. That was my, not to just keep talking about Allison, but my first date with Allison was at the Dresden where oh. we got a, we got an autographed marty and, and Elaine uh vinyl that I still have that oh, would have sure. been, oh, been another cool God. memento to talk about just cuz uh. they're great and yeah again like i look at myself in that mold like i would love to be them one day that's it's almost like sacrilegious to say that cuz there's only one marty and Elaine but they are like absolute True. icons that's a great oh yeah but i kind of interrupted you
0: because i got so excited but <laughs> <laughs> nope that's it that's, that's the idea it. that was yeah. that's the pitch <laughs> that's it <laughs> You can't well, replace uh, them, of course, but a, a similar concept, maybe. Perhaps well, I think, there's. I, a... I think
3: also, like, I'm hoping one day that this all leads to me op- having my own bar. So oh, it's it's, it's very cool that you guys put me on a cocktail podcast because uh, it is a dream of mine to have a, a bar, and possibly I half jokingly have this idea called Dense Diner, mm. which is would be sort of like a a, a diner that's. Uh, 24 hours and does like the, the all-day breakfast and also maybe some southern plate lunches like specials oh, yeah. and then also has like a cocktail bar attached to it because those are always really good combos when you have like a, a diner with like a cocktail bar
2: attached to it that's kind of my always dream. a pleasant surprise exactly oh, yeah. that's
0: a dying breed in LA I Abs- love those oh, kind of places I know was it um,
2: Cantor's does Cantor's still have a bar is oh, it yeah. still open mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay yeah uh, I, I, don't,
3: so. I don't know if the bar is open during COVID okay. I guess not like it's definitely not open during COVID but right, yeah that's right. a that's, I can't remember the name of the bar but that's like Guns N' Roses like you go in there and they have this like Guns N' Roses memorabilia because they used to play there and <laughs> the Kibitz Room or something like that? Yeah. Yes. That's, that's oh, it. Yeah, That's a good spot. That's I've been cool. trying to
2: keep track of all the, the bars that have become permanent casualties of, oh, man. of COVID. It's really sad. Uh, we used to hang out at the satellite all the time and you yep. know
0: rest in peace. For sure, for sure. You said this, Dent, you tweeted that when you open a bar, you're going to have every flavor of Barefoot on tap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just, uh, that's kind of me pushing back on, and I, we drink like natural wine. Don't get me wrong, like, we're, I'm a sucker. Pushing <laughs> but, like, but that was kind of me pushing back on this natural wine trend, which it's, it's kind of a cheap <laughs> shot considering bars are not like, struggling right now. But like, you know, there is, it's like everyone's obsessed with like natural wine. And so I was like, you know what, we're having Barefoot um but, <laughs> and yeah like i, I like truly really, like my my idea of the bar is like we just have like two dollar miller highlifes or something Hell like yeah. you can't get that in like los angeles and and somehow other cities that are just as expensive you go to san francisco and they will have two dollar pbr High Life at bars yep. and somehow los angeles doesn't do the closest thing is like a five dollar tecate at zebulon or something i think maybe they're four but um but, uh, yeah, and then, like, I have a bunch of joke cocktails, like um, <laughs> an emergency margarita, uh, like emergency.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, dude, I uh, love that.
3: Uh, I had a, oh, I had another really good one. the Oh, no, I had a really good one the other day. Okay, emergency margarita. What's the other one? Okay, before the end of the pod, I'm going to try to remember my other, like, funny cocktail idea that's like that. Is it a Bloody Mary thing? No, I don't think so. I don't know what it is. But yeah, have some funny, but that said, I don't know if that's really going to be the vibe of the <laughs> bar, but I like to think about that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. really unpretentious. There's no like dives in Los Angeles. It's like, I mean, I guess you have your Dresden like kind of places that are, you know, I don't know if dive is the right word, but yeah, like a, a, a beat up place where you can get a cheap beer is like, mm. a, a, such a, a hard thing to find here at least. And you go to other cities like Chicago or something and it's like every corner has an amazing one. Of course New Orleans still has a ton ton of them and
2: What's that place on Magnolia that dive bar that we like to go to? Oh, no.
4: the No Bar.
2: The No Bar. That place is so divey and it's awesome and they do have specials where you can get like, you know, 3 or 4 dollar beers. But this is I, the last time I went there was was March of last year.
3: So <laughs> yeah, actually, the place to go for dive bars in LA is the Valley for sure. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, there's still a ton of. There's one called like the Blue. It's not called the Blue Room, but there's one in Burbank that's like not the Blue Room, but it's like is all it the, blue. Drew,
2: Drew is Drew is gesturing. I think it is the Blue Room. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of stuff like that. A place I like. It's not
3: like really a dive bar, but Vivo Rancho Cantina, which is kind of on the Bur, It's kind of on the Burbank side of Griffith Park, and it's kind of. It's right in all the equestrian area and it's kind of a large, um, it's a yeah. large Mexican restaurant with like two stages. So oh there always is live music up. there and it's usually like kind of interesting cover artists. In fact, the last time I was there, there was some extremely bizarre theatrical review that had people, it, I don't even know how to explain it, people in costumes taking turns singing weird, very weird songs. Um, Like there was this weird like barbershop quartet song about like coffee that's Four people sang, and then some people, like, I, mean, I was, I'm not going to lie, I had probably smoked marijuana at some point before <laughs> before I went to this place, and so I was, like, in a trippy state mindset, and I was like, oh, my God, and then these people, like, walk on stage dressed as full um, Wizard of Oz outfits, you know, it's like that kind of thing, where like, <laughs> "What? where Holy am shit. I? I think that that place, Viva Rancho Cantina, and I think it, it changed its name when it changed ownership, but that's another classic, oh. weird spot that kind of feels like David Lynchian or something when you go there. It's, maybe I'm exaggerating it but it's pretty cool take me there yeah I, go. I know it's just make
4: us sad that we can't go yet um <laughs> well hopefully we get day. those vaccines soon exactly um, if you do our- make a place that sells two dollar high life i'm about it i'm there yeah exactly <laughs> uh, let's I get fuck, there i fuck with some high life and it's like it's cool <laughs>
3: and we'll still have like great cocktails but it's kind of cool when it's just like you ask for it or there's we have classics or maybe there is like special cocktails and stuff but it's like mm-hmm. very unpretentious like is is what i'm craving
4: yeah i love a place i can just go to just to like hang out and have a cheap beer like i love mm. places like that no doubt no doubt
2: all right we we talked a long time about bars and i wish we could keep <laughs> going but we're kind of coming up on the end of our conversation there's just one more question i want to ask the room <laughs> Uh, you know, we're talking a lot about hotel bars. I feel like hotels are a great place to go to escape, just kind of get away from our lives for a minute. So if you could travel right now, where would you go to escape?
3: Well, I had to cancel a trip to Mexico City for my birthday due to COVID. So that's just kind of on my mind. We had, I can't remember the hotel we had booked, a historic hotel, of course. <laughs> I don't know. That just came to mind because I had to cancel the trip for COVID and I have never been there. Um, that's not okay. that exciting, but uh my backup answer is like Italian Riviera is kind of what I'm feeling lately. I don't know why, Ooh. but that's kind of something I've been thinking and talking about a lot lately. I don't know much about it, but yeah.
4: <laughs> I obviously I would love to go overseas, but honestly I would settle for hanging out at the at the Madonna Inn yeah. and just like having some cocktails there. Yeah. Like I miss um, I guess yeah. just I miss just hanging out in the Central Coast and like slow and Mm, having drinks. That's what's up. I love that area. That's another Um, thing
3: that I was trying to spend more time shortly before lockdown. We were like, let's do like a Central Coast, like check out some some wine. And then, yeah, Madonna Inn's perfect. That's another thing that like has been on my list of things to do that I haven't done in a while. I mean, I've done I've done a lot of weddings in that area. I'm familiar, Mm -hmm. but, you know, yeah, the Madonna Inn is
4: uh, I just love the atmosphere there. It's like if there was a hotel in Wonderland, like that would be it. And then, obviously, slow is just so much fun. You can walk everywhere. There's all kinds of bars and nightlife, and it's really, really, it's dope. Go check out Buffalo Pub. Uh, Yeah, I think that's where I would go first. I oh, was just thinking about the pink. They have pink uh,
3: tennis courts at, at the Madonna Oh, yeah. So Hell cute. Yeah.
4: And their cakes are delicious. Mm,
3: that's
0: good to know. Yeah. Yeah, the champagne cake is what you got to do there. That's well, next that's a, level. Next my parents, level
4: stuff. My parents get that every year for their anniversary. Nice.
0: So many sweet relationship stories. My heart is, my heart is, uh, <laughs> it's full. I want to get away to Taos. I think to an area with no service uh, mm. in New Mexico. I think that'd be my my getaway, and like I'm, soon before the summer. I've never been mm. there. I haven't either. But that's where I that's where I would go. <laughs> what about <laughs> you, Anthony?
2: I feel like my go to answer is always the Pacific Northwest. I don't know. For me, it's there's just something like romantic about it. If that makes sense. Um, I like the temperate climate. I like how green it is. I love Seattle and Portland. It would be it would be great to just go there and you know, pretend that the pandemic isn't happening, even though I'm sure it is there as well. But yeah, either that or I was supposed to go to Kyoto with um, my dad last year, but that didn't happen. Hopefully we can reschedule that um, when the world opens back up. So those are my answers.
3: That's cool. I've never done the Pacific Northwest coastal situation, you know, like all this cool small towns on the coast up there. Mm-hmm. That's been something I want to check out. That's like a Goonies, great idea. Go- Goonies vibes. Whatever oh, that
2: yeah. is. <laughs> Wonder how many how many caves with pirate treasure I can find. Exactly.
4: Just truffle shuffle your way up the coast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, I love that. And I really wish we could continue this conversation, but I think it's time to move on to our favorite game. Who's ready for a round of hashtag mood?
4: I'm ready to hear that jingle? Ooh. Yeah, hit it, Drew. <laughs> What's your move? What's your hashtag?
0: What is your boo? What's your hashtag?
2: We gotta thank Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty, as always, for that lovely slice of audio heaven. But Hashtag Mood is a game that we like to play at the end of the show that tests our playlist building skills. We head on over to our hotline and pull one of the messages with a suggestion. We listen to that, and our job is to create the perfect playlist for it. Each of us will have a chance to pick one song to go with it. And Drew, let's listen to what we have today. You have one new message.
4: Hi there, tunes and Tumblr's listeners. This is Devin from uh, Toons and Tumblr's sister podcast, Fuckboy Book Club. And this week's hashtag mood is <laughs> driving out to the desert to simply become a disembodied howl across the night sky at one with the void and the UFOs. And if I may humbly make some suggestions for this playlist, I would like to include Conspiracy Radio by Sean Hogan, Dead of Night by Orville Peck, Tarantella Napolitana by 17th-century polymath Athanasius Kircher, Monster by Lola Kirk, Strange (laughs) Currency by R.E.M., Caller by the Ruin Brothers, and Don't Fence Me In by Rory Rogers. Please enjoy this subtle descent into desert-themed madness, and have a wonderful week. What does she need I us think for? I think she did her job, our job for us. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Well, first of all, I got to check
3: out
2: Fuckboy Book Club. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Love um, it. Love that title. <laughs> it is uh, discussions of terrible men and the terrible literature that they write. <laughs> oh, that's great. Starting with the Bible. Oh, yes. start- <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Let's all become that disembodied howl in the void. Who wants to
4: take us there first? I'll go ahead and go. I chose Big Black Deltas' Into the Night just because it felt perfect. It's a nice, slow, mellow song. It's just about there's no need to fight any of it. Just go into the night, which I thought is exactly what's what's happening in this mood. So, Big Mm. Black Delta.
0: Hell yeah, that's a good one. Well, this mood is right up my alley because some of you might know I host a radio show called The Occurrence on KCSB in Santa Barbara and it's all songs related to the otherworldly and paranormal. So I almost feel like the challenge for me here was narrowing it down because I've done, <laughs> I think, 32 shows now at this point. <laughs> so so for this one, though, I am going to go with The Gun Club and their song Mother of Earth, one of my favorites of all time. Soft voices that speak nothing, speak nothing to the end. My eyes fade from me into this open country. I think that's that's got to be the one. That's the one that fits here for me.
2: All right, Dent, what have you got lined up for us? <laughs> All right, I'll go. Um, yeah, my,
3: I thought of this immediately. It is uh, UFO by Jim Sullivan. <laughs> um, it's Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a 1969 private press folk, psych folk album that got reissued by, I think, Light in the Attic. And um, not only is it called UFO and it's sort of about, and like the album sort of has that entire theme. It really fits this this theme perfectly, but also Jim Sullivan uh, disappeared in the desert and I guess no one really knows what happened. Like, you know, of course there's, was he abducted by aliens kind of a, (laughs) kind of a a cult uh, thing, but there, there also was like a body found that, that, that doesn't get talked about a lot that, that could have been his, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's a cool one. I also have a movie recommendation <laughs> in this theme. <laughs> yeah, this is a really rare movie that's only uh, released on VHS, and there's a, a rip of it on YouTube. And it's called Euphoria UFO all cap- capitalization R I A. And it also like perfectly fits this theme. It's like uh, I think it was filmed in the 70s, but released in the 80s. And it's got Harry Dean Stanton as a uh, like tent preacher, a traveling like huckster tent preacher, and um, Fred Ward and uh, uh, I think your name Cindy Williams. Uh, it's like a really kind of just quirky fun. It's kind of like re- if Repo Man was in the desert, um, with like uh, sort of an alien acid trip kind of kind of, but like it subtly like in a fun like heartwarming way. Great movie. I know that. Sign kind me of, up. That's
4: perfect, <laughs> Ryan. I think we're gonna have to have a movie night. I'll, <laughs> make, dr- I'll make drinks. <laughs> yes, please, Pedro.
3: Un- unfortunately, the VHS rip is like really low quality on YouTube, but it's worth it. <laughs> Perfect.
4: I wouldn't watch it if it, if it looked
2: good. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the aesthetic. True. Um, but let, let me see if I can round this out right. I was going to pick a Queens of the Stone Age song from Songs for the Deaf, which is an entire concept album about like fleeing into the desert. Uh, but I kind of want to go with a song by Friends of the Pod Movie Club. They are a an instrumental stoner rock duo and they do a lot of songs that could either be soundtracks for surfing like on psychedelics or just like driving headlong down the 10 into oblivion and for that I chose their song Thunder which is exactly that. I just think of like time lapse just driving out into nowhere when I listen to it like kind of these anxious feelings of deserting everything and I I love it so yeah go check out Thunder by Movie Club listeners do you have a mood of your own leave us a message by calling the tunes and tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477 give us a real challenge or you know just tell us how your day was we'll have Drew call you back with all the validations you need Well, unfortunately, our time has come to an end, but before we go, it's last call. Does anybody have lingering thoughts about late checkout, about uh, their favorite hotel bars,
4: about anything? A word of caution to anyone who tries this cocktail, this includes you, Dent. Lock the doors. (laughs) Have everything you need inside, because I... I'm I'm a pretty advanced drinker but this drink is strong. It is boozy. That's good to so, know. Hey,
3: this this ain't my first rodeo. I drink a <laughs> lot of, you know, things in the Negroni, Manhattan category of the all-booze cocktails. So, you know
4: what? I'm up for the challenge. Hell yeah. Love it. Do not
0: rollerblade like in the video,
3: folks. (laughs) All right. I promise I won't. So,
4: yeah, everyone drink responsibly, but it is a delicious drink, and I hope you try it.
2: And, Dent, uh, whenever we get back to uh, reality, nope, there goes gravity. I'm not going (laughs) to. But we would love to have you back uh, in the actual podcasting studio and uh, share a drink. Let us know when you got new music coming out. We'll, that would be we'll great. Reassess the situation.
3: <laughs> I love it. Count me in. Indeed. Hell yeah!
2: Thank you so much for joining us, Dent. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, sure. I uh,
3: I do have a Patreon, which is a new thing I started during the pandemic. Um, it's just one tier, three dollars a month, and I do a weekly uh kind of mix which I actually have a little call-in element to uh, have a, a, a number that people can call and leave voicemails to request songs kind of inspired by Art LeBeau, if you're familiar with that legendary oldies um, uh, radio host. And then uh, once yeah. a, once a month, I um, release a uh, cover song, which I think that by the time this podcast comes out, I will have dropped my cover of uh, Spice Girls' um, Say You'll Be There uh, is my next uh, Patreon cover song done in a kind of a melancholy folk style um and so yeah three dollars a month patreon you can that's pretty much besides listening to my albums and following me on social media <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of what, what, what i'm what i'm up to and yeah take, uh, hi, take hire, my, hire me take my money hire me to or just hire my recording studio if you're in la
2: honeymoon suite yeah if you're not recording here why bother? It's <laughs> uh,
4: our official our new official tagline or
0: our motto or whatever. It's like it's like the anti olive garden slogan. <laughs> so, I want to you mentioned uh well first off request I'll call it in but Clog Dancer by Brian Prothro. Oh, That's I love Brian Prothro.
3: I don't know I don't know that song. Is it's it on the pin, Pinball album or Pinball Okay, yeah. then I've heard it. That's good That's, stuff.
0: He's so good. He made yeah, me think. He made me think of you. I was thinking. I was in like the 10cc, Brian yes, Prothrow Van Dyke yes, yes. Parks world. So, yeah, anyway.
3: changing my tune by Brian Prothrow is like in the all-time favorite songs of mine. So, There's oh, another another wreck for the listeners. I don't know that one. I know pinball. It's on the pinball album. So you probably would have heard it. There you or go. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those but songs. You, the playlist for this episode right. is going to be fat. It's a song <laughs> about writing a song, kind of. It's like a, like the lyrics are about music, which mm. I always like that kind uh, of category of songs. It's like I'm changing my tune, like then talk about the chords and the melody or whatever as a metaphor for like, I don't know, going through life and stuff. <laughs>
2: going
0: through life, man. <laughs> you, you mentioned Art LeBeau too, and it yes. just made me realize we might have crossed paths at the wonderful event slow dance oh yeah i dj'd that one time were you were you there were you djing or i think i wasn't djing but i was there at, at the resident i think because yes. friend of the pod friends of the pod john moses nico um our our dear friends have been on the show before and i love that event that they did and i think i remember i think i remember i don't know if i introduced myself to you but i think we were i remember that night so that's cool that's um, a fun
3: dj gig because usually it's the opposite you're like. How can I keep the energy going of this like random bar or whatever and now it's like no it's all slow songs and I'm like thank god. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. I miss I miss slow dance. That's a yeah.
2: thing that I haven't done I think the last dance night that I went to was on my birthday in uh 2019 went out to um dance yourself clean for Halloween. <laughs> they had the Halloween show and I saw Powers giving their last live performance before diving deep underground Mike and Krista please come back you promised me new music you DM'd me two years ago where's that new music (laughs) (laughs) just shouting into the void hoping that somebody hears me it's worked before it has (laughs) (laughs) all right well unfortunately it's time to go thank you so much for being here Dent we have this has been one of our best conversations I can't wait for listeners to hear it
3: yeah thank you all so much this was this was so fun Thank you, Dent. Thank you very much.
2: And thank all of you for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram, and actually save our photos when you see them because that drives up the algorithm. That's something I learned recently. So give that a try. Tunes and Tumblers was produced as always by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Cheers. cheers.